0: reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. Frank Michael Smith, a.k.a. Rhino, one of the biggest fucking names in the basketball content space. 1.7 milli followers on TikTok. 1.3 milli followers on YouTube. Gets more views than First Take on YouTube. Gets more views than your favorite fucking morning show. Why? Because he is a straight beast. Similarly, massive followings, on other social media platforms as well, he has been grinding, making straight-to-camera videos since 2010. That is a long fucking time. This man's been in the internet game since longer than I think I even knew the internet social media existed. He is basically my role model when it comes to content. Doesn't know this. I'm about to drop some info on him. The very One of the very first videos that I saw on TikTok, that was highly successful in the sports space that I sent to my producer and said, this man is crushing. We need to diagnose what he does was this man, Frank Michael Smith. I have been following you since the real reason Russell Westbrook played so hard in the spring of 2020. Frank Michael Smith.
1: Wow. That you just set the record for the intro. Let's go. I'm fired up right now. Sometimes you need to hear it. Trista.
0: I know, like, you can do the intro later, but, like, who knows what the intro is really going to be, right? Like, who knows, you know?
1: That was beautiful. Thank you. I'm ready to dive into it. Yeah, you put the 2010 number out there. That makes me feel old at this point, but I was, grind- I was one of the first people on YouTube. I was in 2008 in middle school making highlight videos, and, like, people didn't know YouTube yet.
0: That's what's so crazy is the space at that point was not as saturated as it is now. And what's fascinating to me about your journey is that a lot of YouTubers that are huge, they got huge because of when they started, but it what, but you didn't, like you got huge through persistence. So what do you think was the difference between what you did then and what you did now? And like, how different do you think YouTube is now from when you started?
1: Oh my God, it's so much different. So back then, I remember I used to do these highlight videos. So it would be like LeBron James Ultimate Highlight Mix, and if you dig hard enough, you still might find one. They're not under my name, but you might find one. Uh, I was rarely ever in the actual videos. They were just like you know highlight compilations, and they I had a cool soundtrack on there which, by the way, is like the easiest way to start hating a song is to put it in your video. You have to listen to it like 75 times. So I just crushed my favorite songs. But anyway, it was all about search. I knew people were going to search LeBron James, so I would make his highlight mix, and it would get views. And, you know, as a 13-year-old kid, getting like 100,000 views was amazing. It was like almost felt impossible, but it was happening. And now it's, you know, it's so much more sophisticated it's not really about search anymore. It's so much more. It's it's probably a better system now. It's about watch time, loyalty, all these other things. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still about like, hey, do people watch and like your videos? It's not that complicated.
0: Well, and discovery, too. I think the thing that's always been interesting to me as someone who came like you from, you know, anonymity, right? Like wasn't, I wasn't a college athlete. I didn't get plopped into the system where you get pushed. So discovery has always been something fascinating to me. How do you think if you were to start a YouTube page today, you could take it to zero to viral differently than what you do now? Like if you were to do it in a different way,
1: I'm not sure I would do it in a different way. I I could go from zero again, but it's, it, it all comes down to value at the end of the day. And you'll hear people talk about this and it's like a pretty broad stroke to paint here. But at the end of the day, like, are you giving someone something interesting? Like, that's what you do on this podcast. People like your podcast because you deliver value. Like you're funny, you're informational, you're relatable. Those are all valuable things. So, you know, everyone has their own different way of getting there, but, you know, I, I know how to do that now. So I could go from zero.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's like almost become the thing that I read. I read an article of you being interviewed and the thing that I thought was like so fascinating and something that I struggle with a lot is like having a formula. And that sounds like for a creator, there's nothing scarier than the word formula, right? Like you feel you're trapped now into a box but for what has worked for you you have you have stuck to this recipe recipe is probably the better way of putting it cuz that sounds i think better and more like open and then like this is working i'm sticking to this like how did you find out what that formula was
1: you know i didn't put that much thought into it like i've tried so many different things and most of them failed so it wasn't like i was like hey like first try here got it but Finally, I, when I found something that did work, I knew right away. So I met my first video on TikTok. We'll, we'll skip to the TikTok portion of my career. It was 2020. Uh, I had worked in sports media for a couple of years out in LA, started making videos on my own, and I did an origin story about Giannis. And I know it's an interesting story. A little kid growing up on the streets of Athens trying to sell knockoff DVDs to people to make a dollar. It's amazing. really is a great story. I would see these on YouTube and they were like eight and a half minutes long. Eight's an important number there because once you go over that, you can throw an ad in the middle. So people would stretch them out on purpose and the story would lose value because, you know, it just didn't need to take that long. I saw these and I was like, oh, I'll do that in one minute. I'll try that on TikTok. You know, they limit you to one minute. It's the whole game. And it worked immediately. People really appreciated how I didn't waste their time. I told the story with forward motion. It was fast paced. And that's the whole thing about TikTok is it's a fast paced environment. So it just fit. It just fit all of TikTok's values. People appreciated it. And I was like, okay, now I just got to do one of these every single day. And that's the repeatability that you talked about was like, okay, it's one thing to go viral, to have it hit. Now, can you do that every day of your life? And that's what I did. Like the next two years, I don't think I missed a day.
0: Dual wireless charging pads, so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Did you see that article that just came out about Shams? I was going to ask I you about I read the that whole the- thing. Yeah, I thought that was... So just for people who haven't read it, it it chronicles Shams' career. He ends up getting mentored by Woj. Woj and him are now in this like Cold War as newsbreakers. But the thing that I thought was fascinating to me is that like Shams has absolutely zero work-life balance. He probably will never date in any meaningful way. He's on his phone like 18 hours a day. Like what was the most interesting part? Because you talk about consistency. and That was the first thing I thought about when you said two years without missing a video. Like, what was the thing that you felt was compelling in that article as it relates to you and your career?
1: Well, Shams is born that way. That stuck out. And by the way, one of my friends, he, I went to college with him. He went to New Trier. He graduated with Shams. I saw him this weekend at a wedding and he was like, you see the article my boy Shams? And I was like, oh yeah, you guys like, were you the same year? He was like, yeah, I had classes with him. I was like, was he the same way in high school? He's like, the exact same way. Just loved basketball, obsessed with basketball. You know, they mentioned this in the article, like it didn't really make the teams, but was just dialed in and they go in the article and talk about how he's, you know, Hey, I can't do this interview. I got class. I'll skip college. No, I'm in high school. So that's just the way he is. Like you, you can't really give advice if you're Shams, like you kind of have it or you don't, not everyone's cut out for that. And my career is certainly not as demanding, but I'm entrepreneurial by heart. Like I was the kid in high school selling snapback hats out of my locker and printing t-shirts in the school art room and selling those. And it was just fun for me. That's what I like to do. So when I had the chance, when I saw this video go off, I knew I had a chance here. It was fun to take that chance and be like, let's do this every day. Let's, let's keep this rolling. It was like, You know, I was having a good time.
0: How long did it take for you to realize that you could monetize this?
1: See, I had a bit of an advantage. I worked in sports for a couple of years.
0: You were clutch points, right?
1: Exactly. So (laughs) I'll tell you a funny story. I wasn't making very much money. And so I went to my boss and I was like, hey, can I start doing some sales on the side? I got to sign some of these deals so I can get a commission check. Like LA is expensive, Trista. It's tough. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. So I was like, I got to make some extra money. Like I'm stressing. Like I didn't even have a car and I live in LA. So I was like, let me sign some of these deals. And I got, Can I stop one.
0: you right there really fast. Did you Uber everywhere or what did you do?
1: Oh, Uber pool. That was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, Uber pool. We need it back. So you so, say, okay,
0: I want to do sales.
1: Yeah. So I, I find this deal and it's with the company sports betting dime. And It was a nice deal. It was like a $25,000 a month deal. And I was scheduled to make like a couple thousand on it every month, which was like, oh oh my God, this is like massive life-changing money for me. And the day we signed it, we had all the ink on the paper. The pandemic hits, March Madness gets shut down, the deal gets voided, and I'm out. And I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. This can't be happening right now. And fast forward a couple months later, I'm making my own videos. I part ways with Clutch Points. I reach back out to the same company, Sports Betting Time. And I was like, hey, give me a fraction of what you're about to give Clutch Points and I'll deliver. I'm getting tons of views right now. I'll drive people where you want to drive them. And I crushed it for them. So I, I monetized pretty quickly, but I had some relationships in the bag.
0: So what do you think is the most important part of a creator going from engaging content, views, to actually delivering value for a brand.
1: I mean you people have to care about you. They have to care about you. And that's like that's one of the problems clutch points had was like no one really cared about the brand that much. They delivered a lot of news like hey so and so sprains his ankle and here's the article about it. And we're going to link you back to the website. They they couldn't have like an in-person activation. They couldn't be like hey everybody meet up. We're having a 3v3 tournament at the park. Like people wouldn't show up. They didn't really Identify with the brand. They were just in it for these little news morsels. And a lot of it was just aggregated too. Like they're really Shams, probably. like you know, yeah. they're just there's taking what he does, and they do have a couple guys like beat writers for the clippers and such. But you know that was really the business. They weren't building a relationship with their audience. They weren't fostering anything. So when I went out on my own, I knew I, I can't have that. I have to show my face in these videos. I have to I have to be relatable. I have to show, you know, there's, there's a human behind these videos. I'm not like, you know, some sports story machine. I have a life. So, (laughs) you you know, people, people actually appreciate that. I just started a broadcast channel on you on Instagram the other day, thousand people joined it immediately. They care about me. So that's the answer to your question. That's how you have to transition. And like, people are only going to convert to brands or sponsor deals. if They care.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to get brands to want to jump on, even if your views are big, right? Like, because how are you going to do that? Are you going to put a watermark in? Because that's not going to get any real organic value to a brand, is it? Is it something that's like, you know, this Canada Dry that I'm just having? Like, what are like how how do you find the? Because I, I saw that there was a big StockX partnership that you just did where you did a. a Scavenger hunt inside of an arena. So that that and, actually is not
1: Stock. I wanted to be StockX. Oh, was, so what I, was it?
0: it? Was just you just bought the Travis Scott? Oh so, yeah. So let me explain
1: this. This is this is really cool. So it's totally unsponsored right now. StockX. If anyone's listening, pay pay close attention to this segment. My suggestion is always to be creative with the brand deals. The brand's paying you money. You know, I think you owe it to them to at least think outside the box a little bit. It shouldn't be as simple as like. Here's a candidate dry, you know, use your brain a little bit. So, this isn't sponsored yet in, in the future. I hope the brands will see the creativity. But, me and a fellow Pittsburgh creator, his name is Colin Honahan. He goes by All Hail B ball. You might have seen his stuff before. I know you're on basketball TikTok, so you've probably seen him. Anyway, we linked up and we were like, Hey, how cool would it be if we did a scavenger hunt at the Steelers game? And we loved it. So, we went in during the pit game which they play at Heinz Field, Acresher Stadium now. And they played a week before. Hit it during the pick game, took a video of us hiding it, but didn't give away too much, and then promoted that we're doing this. And then it was on. We were like, hey, find the golden letter. You win the Travis Scotts." And we ended up having to move the letter a little bit. We had some logistical issues, but I stood in the corner, Trista, and and tied my hoodie up. And watched hundreds of kids dig around the concourse. It was amazing, like to see these people in real life is so game changing. Like we sit behind these screens and see the views go up. Seeing it in person is like next level. I love it. So now we're doing it every week.
0: That's sick. So you came out your pocket for the Travis Scotts. Bottom line oh, yeah. the secondary market to do the activation for a potential deal that hasn't even happened yet
1: well yes but we also get like we're building something like we also do a giveaway attached to it so if you were to like i can't make it to pittsburgh you go to my bio you enter your email in and you have a chance to win another pair so now we get everyone's email we can create like a cool newsletter so we're building assets attached to this it's called the hunt